Hey, it's Alec from Ravens Recap. I'm actually running in, just catching my breath right now, to the game. And guess what? Everyone from Ravens Recap will be at this game, including listener Kayfish. It's going to be wild. It's so refreshing to see all the purple and black on the streets of Baltimore. I haven't seen this in a while. I'm the only one walking with passion and precision right now. Hello and welcome to Ravens Recap. We've got our first episode ever about a game that just occurred about a preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night. We had the great pleasure of actually attending the game in person all together and with listener Kayfish. So we want to give a big shout out and thank you to listener Rob who gave us the seats. I see 117 on high. Thanks again, Rob, for giving us these tickets. Right by the introduction tunnel. I see my boys. What's good? I'm like, damn, you are really stuck. What's up? 23. Nice. Whew. Good to see you guys. I I've been recording this whole way in. Also mention there is a new ticketing process. The new walk-in procedure is difficult. Scanners people are tr- having trouble with. But if you have a phone with NFC, you just tap and walk right in. So I think it should be a mandate that everyone update their iPhones this season. The preseason game was half full, and it took us a very long time to get in. Yeah, I arrived at the stadium right as player introductions were going on. I was assuming that it would take me five minutes tops to get through the line. That was not the case. I got into my seat, I would say, about six minutes into the first quarter. <laughs> well, see, come on, guys. You just have to assume that the start time's a half hour early and then get there, you know, super early like I did. <laughs> I totally thought the game was at 7 o'clock. It was actually 7.30. Ah, so that's why you were early. Exactly. <laughs> so wise, so wise. Well, we came from all across Maryland to get go to that game that's right that's right yeah unfortunately i do not live in uh, south baltimore anymore so it's a little bit of a commute for me now too so peter i know you came in a little late but what were your overall thoughts on the game 
I mean, you know, first preseason game of the year, it's really hard to tell what you can really make out of it. But what I was happy to see with the Ravens was they came in and they did exactly what they should have done. Their starters that were in there did what you would expect they should do against, which was pretty much the Jaguars' second-ranked defense and second-string offense, complete with a quarterback who does not know how to put on a football helmet. Man, I think every time he got touched, (laughs) that helmet was popping off his head 10 feet in the air. But, um, you know, we saw really good showings from the defense. I mean, the defense was dominant no matter which string was out there. Saw some good things from the run game. Lamar showed some progression from last year. Still has to work a little bit more on his accuracy, especially that one pass that he swears was to Chris Moore, but we all know was to Nick Boyle. Um, I mean Doyle, sorry. We just observed a Willie Sneed touchdown. Peter, what do you think? I think that was a very accurate pass by Lamar. Very well executed play. Not like the pass that was just before. Completed to Chris Moore. We all know that was for Doyle. What? (laughs) You keep saying Doyle? Boyle. (laughs) But yeah, overall, I mean, it's only the first preseason game, but the Ravens did everything you would have hoped they would have done in that game. The one thing that I think stood out to me too was that despite all the talk about the offense being revamped and uh, you know being a, a very offense-heavy team, from what we saw in the first preseason game, I think it's kind of a good thing to see that the Ravens are still pretty much the same team. They've always been really strong on defense, really deep roster on defense, but they can put points on the board pretty easily. You know, We didn't have that many touchdowns. We definitely have more field goals than touchdowns, but we did score, and we scored enough. Yeah, it was our 14th consecutive preseason win, which is kind of absurd if you think about it. It's definitely a testament to how deep our roster has been and um, how much Harbs puts into coaching up those guys. Yeah, I was definitely pleased to see that we came out fairly injury-free. That's always kind of what you're looking for when you're at these games in the preseason. It's almost more important than evaluating talent. Yeah, the number one thing you're you're rooting for is uh, no injuries <laughs> over anything else. So I guess, which players do we think had their stock go up? Which ones do you think went down after this game? I have a few candidates for going up. I don't know if I have any for going down. So I think for me, one guy who had his stock go up in this game is a guy that I know the three of us are high on. Kenny Young. I wasn't paying too, too close of attention to training camp reports because there's only so much you can tell from training camp. And I mean, you got, I all, we all remember the year that Matt Elam was a training camp superstar, all pro. And, you know, he came out and laid a big egg that season, whichever one that was. But there were a lot of reports uh, out of camp that Chris Board, the undrafted free agent from last year, had uh, supplanted Kenny Young as the second starting inside linebacker next to Peanut. Whether or not that'll be the case when the regular season comes, we'll see. But I felt for a guy who's, you know, the Ravens are challenging this guy, having another guy gunning for, for playing time at his spot, 
I think he had he had a lot of good tackles throughout the game. He had that huge hit on Minshew when I don't know what he was thinking. He must have thought that no one was going to come his way while he casually picked up the football and got back into his stance. And then Kenny Young just laid him out. But yeah, I, I thought that was a big game by Kenny Young during a time where, where he's got to step up if he wants to be a starter. For me, I definitely notice that Jalen Ferguson, the rookie, seemed to be making some good plays. But more so than that was Tim Williams. That competition is going to be very lively, I think, this preseason. Tim Williams had one of the best rankings as far as uh, pro football focus goes. He had an 88.2 rating. Jalen Ferguson had an 80.6. Chris Wormley had an 86.3. Bennett Jackson had a 94. And Cyrus Jones had a 76. So a little bit of next-gen facts for you there. Yeah, I thought um, just from the eye test, uh, what I was seeing, I thought our second and third string linemen and linebackers just totally overwhelmed the Jags offensive line. Definitely most of the guys you said right there, especially, you know, Tim Williams caught my eye. Dalen Mack had a couple good plays in there. But yeah, I I thought as far as uh, being stout up front, we were doing pretty good. And it's impossible to go through this podcast without talking about the man of the hour, Kerry Vedvik. He boomed field goals from 55, 45, 29, and 26 yards out and had two punts that averaged 55.5 yards. And apparently the Vikings thought that was enough for a fifth-round pick. So we wish you the best of luck, Harry. But that was that's a pretty awesome thing for the Ravens to be able to pull off, take a guy off the street, make a fifth-round pick out of him. Yeah, I mean, I want to say that's probably the biggest win of last Thursday's game was Vedvik's showing, showcase in his audition the fact that the Ravens were able to get, like you said, a fifth-round pick out of an undrafted guy. I mean, obviously, a fifth-round pick's not that high, but we were even talking during the game. We were joking that when the Ravens went for it on fourth down late in the fourth quarter, we were, we were joking that that was because Vedvik was no longer a Raven, that the the Bears <laughs> had made an in-game, in-game trade. That's right. <laughs> I, I forget what we were, we were thinking about. Because, I mean, we were debating during the game, right, is Vedvik going to stay on the roster throughout training camp? Or is are the Bears, we were pretty convinced it was going to be the Bears, going to be desperate enough to pick him up before that? And could we get a draft pick out of him? I forget, did we, I know we were kicking around that the Ravens might be able to get a six. Did we, did we kick around as high as a fifth? I can't remember. I can't either. But I do find that interesting that we were pretty certain that that Vedvik could get traded, and it, lo- it looks like the Vikings may have beaten out the Bears. Uh, if you guys saw Schefter's tweet, I think he said four teams were trying to trade for Vedvik, two from the NFC North. Yeah, I did see that. That might have helped the the Ravens get that fifth-round pick. The Costa may have you know, been, been dangling to the Vikings that the Bears were really serious about Vedvik, so if they wanted them, they're going to have to give them a better offer, and got that fifth round pick i'll tell you what man to cost his first off season as general manager he is pulling out some crazy smart moves he's it on was, fire yeah it, it a great move to get a fifth round pick you know i, I think it was uh jeff streetbeck who or someone from the nfl twitterverse posting that you know no one has ever given a, a fifth round pick for a kicker that's just amazing to trade it for someone we've only we've only seen him play in five preseason games he doesn't have any regular season experience. 
that's just amazing to flip that for a fifth round pick. You just have to, you had to take it. I know some people were calling for a fourth round or they're like, if they're really, really hot take, you know, it would be like, oh yeah, we won't take anything less for a third round pick or Khalil Mack. <laughs> you're not going to, you're never going to get that. But a fifth round pick for somebody who, if he misses a kick next week, you get nothing. Man, he's Takasa genius. Absolute genius. He is, he, that man can play some blackjack. All right. He is a one smart guy. <laughs> I definitely think it was wise for them to trade him now because otherwise he might have missed, like you said, next week and his value would have went all the way down. I mean, he hit from every single range. He punted. He showed everything mm-hmm. in that game. So it was a perfect little clip to send to teams and be like, look at this guy. You want him. Yeah, definitely. And I think also it just, you know, we're, we're saying that it's a high high draft pick for the Vikings to give up for a kicker who doesn't have regular season experience yet. But I think just the the track record the Ravens have now with this kicker factory. Obviously, Justin Tucker came out of that, but also Will Lutz, Graham Gano. I mean, even Steven Hauschka, who didn't do too well when he was with the Ravens, has had a pretty decent career with uh, the Bills in Seattle. So, you know, the Ravens have a have a name for themselves for just take finding these undrafted kickers and developing them into above average and obviously in Tucker's case borderline hall of fame talent and let's not forget that actually the Ravens have acquired another draft pick just this week we had a few notable cuts and trades Alex Lewis was traded for a seven round pick to the Jets we kind of saw that writing on the wall considering he did not train with the Ravens staff when coming back from injury and then Jordan lastly my boy, the guy I was high on, cut, gone. I don't think he's been picked up either. I thought he was picked up by the Raiders. He was. Good call by Chris. Yeah, it looks like uh, on NFL.com it has enlisted and it's an Oakland Raider. Yeah, right when I said that, I was like, wait, I think I actually saw that he was picked up by somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, let me Google that real quick. <laughs> well, maybe uh, he'll take uh, Antonio Brown's spot. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, man. So another guy that's on the ascendancy, in my opinion... Might be Justice Hill. He didn't have too many plays, but he definitely demonstrated he's a very quick guy. Yeah, he looked very fast in person being at the game. Had some nice shifty moves. I think the biggest thing I saw from him is he still needs a little patience in finding the right hole. He seems really eager to make a play, and he just needs to slow down a little bit before hitting the hole. I mean, obviously, it's the guy's first NFL action. He's got plenty of time to learn that. What I did... I did... find funny is if you guys go to ESPN and you look at the official box score, you'll see that Justice Hill's rushing stats are attributed to Jalen Hill. And (laughs) they also list Jalen Hill's with Justice Hill's receiving stats just above Justice Hill on the receiving receiving line of the box right? just just to show you um how how important the outcomes of these preseason games are <laughs> i just did a complete 180 on my impression of julio scott from that one play 25 yards is a lot to a man dude i mean look at he, he adjusted his body he had that footwork oh, man oh, now he's got a cool oh, key block right there oh nice block but now justice hill looked very fast in person looks like he could be a big contributor as he gets more seasoned but another running back, I think, who also did well on Thursday was a guy who is trying to figure out what team he's going to be playing for this year. Maybe it'll still be the Ravens, but there's a bit of a logjam at running back. I thought Kenneth Dixon 
in his limited role actually had a pretty good game too. Only four carries for 21 yards, but he ran hard when he had the ball. And I don't know if he's showcasing for a spot on this team, kind of injury insurance in a run heavy offense, or, or maybe we're going to trade him for a low draft pick too. I don't know. (laughs) Come on, DaCosta, get on it. (laughs) I think that would be a little hard for him to do that. I do find it fascinating how they are able to trade guys that likely would be cut otherwise. (laughs) Right? Well, that's like, the thing. I, I agree with you, Chris. I think it would be a tough sell for DaCosta to get something out of Kenneth Dixon, but I am shocked that the Ravens even got a seventh for Alex Lewis, personally. Yeah, I, I still don't know how that happened, to be honest. Maybe because uh, new GM is a longtime guy in the Ravens front office and, and Joe Douglas. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't say that we had enough tape to uh to convince to convince the Jets that it was worth a, a seventh. Even though it was a seventh, but yeah, it's kind of surprising. My guess is that if he likes him enough, he's like, you know what? I don't want him to go to the free market and have a choice. I'd rather him come directly to us. That's the only thing I can imagine. I, I will agree going back to uh Kenneth Dixon though, Peter. Yeah, there was that one run from him where he broke a bunch of potential tackles, you know, three or four of them as I recall. And uh, you know, that's the thing about Kenneth Dixon, man. Like, he he shows off runs like that, and you're just like, holy crap, this guy can be amazing. He's just, like, breaking tackles everywhere. It's You know, he's not even putting shifty moves on anybody. Just, like, it just seems like he bounces off defenders. And, of course, you want to see that from a running back. But, you know, on the flip side, you see him, and then, you know, he has an injury. Well, you're not breaking any tackles when you're on the bench, so... <laughs> do you do you try to put stock in a guy like that who you know that might not be healthy or or what i don't know i don't know what to do with him i've seen rumblings that teams are definitely interested in kenneth dixon so i'm sure he'll find a home if he is not on our squad by the end of the preseason another guy i know we were all paying attention to was miles boykins he had an up and down night but it ended on a high note yeah i the Ravens definitely tried to feed him the ball. Well, I shouldn't say tried. They did. He had uh, nine receiving targets on a night when no other receiver had more than three, looking at the box score. So it was very obvious wow. that the Ravens, wow. coming into the game, wanted to test this guy out, see how this guy could perform in a real game situation. And, you know, he's, he did struggle a bit. He He dropped a couple passes, some of which was more on the quarterback. A couple of them were... We're on him. He, he had a, a good shot to get them. But what I liked, what I saw with him was that he just kept fighting. And then, you know, he had that tough gra- sideline grab late in the second quarter. And then I think it was the next play was when Trace McSworley uh, threw that, that corner end zone pass that he brought in. Called back on a holding. But, I mean, I see still see that as, as a positive play for Boykin because the penalty had nothing to do with with the actual outcome of the play. We just went wild for the Boykins touchdown that just got reversed. Oh, man, oh, man. But he's looking good on this drive. What'd you say, Chris? Man, I'm so disappointed. And Chris, I remember we were talking about it, and you had some comments, which I'll let you get to, but Boykin definitely looks raw right now, but there's some some potential there that is really intriguing yeah like you said um 
I, I mean, I'm still pretty excited for him. I, I think there's a lot for a Ravens fan to get excited for, considering our track record at wide receiver. It's been a long time since we've had a guy even show you know off potential like this in a preseason game. But uh, yeah, for me, I, I mean, I, I think I'm sure some people might have some other takes on this, but at least from from what I, what I was seeing, I just felt like he could be a little bit more consistent in the separation that he got. Uh, I know a lot of the passes to him, you know, the defender was right on him. And I think with experience, that'll come ability to get more separation. And, you know, as he gets more separation, he'll be able to catch the ball better and, you know, have fewer drops because definitely he showed off some good hands. He showed off the ability to get the first down, you know, with the one he was tackled a yard short of the, the third down, or the first down marker, stretched over to stretch the ball out to get the first down. I mean, that's heads up play. You know, you wouldn't see too many rookies make. I mean, that's a that's a vet move right there to move the chains. And even balls that he did catch, you know, nice, strong, snagged him out, brought him to his body. You know, it, oh, definitely good things to see, especially considering, you know, our last really big draft pick, Brashad Perriman. Man, that guy couldn't catch anything. So... <laughs> X Factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I one at one point Alec and I did think that Brashad Perriman was the savior. Uh, <laughs> Twenty sixteen was the only year that he showed anything. And we Hey man, he he was great at those crossing routes when no one was on him. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We uh we jokingly called him the X Factor that year, but you know, unfortunately it was very short lived. Miles Boykin, I think he's got a better shot. Definitely. So one guy, you know, we've been really positive, but one guy I think that had a, a bit of a either a down game or just a neutral game was Trace McSorley. You know, he did throw that pick. He kind of was a little all over the place accuracy-wise. He didn't look particularly great, but he also didn't look horrible. I mean, he definitely looked like a rookie. So definitely want to see more from him. I asked listener Kfish today, I said, would you be comfortable if we traded RG3? Do you think a team could use RG3? Like, maybe we could get something for him. And his thoughts were, he's not too hyped yet with Trace, and he doesn't think it's the time to move on from RG3. And I have to agree. I don't think we have enough film yet to make that kind of decision. Yeah, I I was underwhelmed with most of his performance on Thursday night as well. Um, he looks like he's really still adjusting to the NFL game and... and transforming his body from a from a college football body to a pro football body so uh get well soon rg3 (laughs) because uh you never know what's going to happen in the nfl and we obviously all hope lamar can play all 16 games during the season but 19 games 19 games exactly (laughs) but um assuming first round by if if we're going into the season right now and rg3 is still on the mend I certainly hope that the Ravens can find someone who's out of work, who hasn't already pissed off the organization, <laughs> aside from Joe Callahan, <laughs> to serve as the number two QB and just have McSworley be the the gadget guy. Now, obviously, it's only week one of, of preseason. Let's see. We're going to see more of McSworley. We're going to see how he progresses. He he may improve a ton before September, but that's that's my thoughts right now. <laughs> Right. I, I think, honestly, the real question with McSorley is whether we see enough for him to keep him on the practice squad or not. 
you know, because just because we don't see him being as our primary backup doesn't mean that another team wouldn't or another team that might keep three quarterbacks because we don't know if we're going to keep three. So I, I think we really just need to keep an eye out for that. So another fun thing about, well, I should say one of the few fun things about preseason as we're all anxiously awaiting real football is uh, seeing some of these guys who we've either forgot about or don't know about make a big play or have a big game. And you wonder, is this someone who's going to be able to come in and come out of nowhere and be an an impact guy? You know, like like we're talking about in some of the underrated Ravens. We're always... As Ravens fans, we're always looking for the next, the next Adelius Thomas, the next Kelly Gregg. And one of those guys who Alec found a good article about is a guy who had a late pick in the game, Bennett Jackson. Yeah, so it turns out Bennett was set to be a starter in 2015. And he's still fighting now to be a, a starter somewhere, you know? So it's kind of wild that he's been in the league for so long. He used to be with the New York Giants. Did we re figure out why he didn't become a starter? Was there an injury or? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. So in the second preseason game of 2015, he tore his ACL. So then he was out for the year. And um, yeah, that was uh, kind of what derailed him. Wow. So I'm looking here on Wikipedia. It's saying that apparently uh, the Ravens signed him all the way back in January of last year on a reserve slash future contract. Uh, was on IR the entire year last year, so this is basically the first Ravens fans have seen of this guy, uh, and was released in September, re-signed to the practice squad in November, signed another reserve future contract with the Ravens last January, and here he is, and he's got himself, the coach is looking at him because he was able to get a pick on Mr. Magoo <laughs> late in a, in a preseason game, so... Magoo! That's not where you want to pass, bro. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Magoo with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what this guy does. That would be an incredible story if he's able to, to build upon this big pick and in the remaining three preseason games and get enough film out there for, for someone, some NFL roster, to give him a shot. Uh, to be on the game the game day roster, so that'll be a, a cool story to follow during preseason to keep us keep us entertained while we're waiting for the real thing. It's definitely incredible. He's had both of his knees with major surgery. He's been on IR three times. Definitely an uphill battle for Mister Bennett. That'll be a great movie, man. If he's able to come back from this and just and just get a start in the NFL, man. Look, think about that dedication. Yeah, it'd be better than Rudy. <laughs> so i guess we'll go and move on now to some other nfl related news so how can we not talk about this antonio brown helmet situation you know first it was the feet now it's the helmet Uh, you know as we record today it's it's monday he's uh lost his case with the nfl so he says he will he's looking forward to rejoining his teammates and and playing i guess with a with a certified helmet at this point but man oh man i think the guy he loves his attention, that's for sure. He's, he's the perfect uh, player to pair with John Gruden. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does anybody here actually think the saga about the helmet is actually over? <laughs> <laughs> if, it, 
if it is over, something else is is barreling down the road pretty darn soon. That's right. <laughs> My favorite meme I've seen about it is that he uh, he's not coming back because his peanut butter and jelly was cut horizontally and not diagonally. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, <laughs> some of these some of these star receivers. I mean, you know, it's it's just not just AB, but like you know, Randy Mosses and obviously the TOs of the world and just sometimes these guys just get so much success and must be something about the position. I don't know what, but they just start getting these weird personas about them. And then usually doesn't work out too well for the team going forward. So shame he couldn't have stayed in Pittsburgh. Shame for who? Shame for the Ravens? (laughs) For the Steelers? (laughs) Yeah, man. We get get a leg up on the Steelers. He can continue to, uh, to implode them from the inside. Oh, okay. Okay. Just making sure. One of my favorite messages was from listener Pete. He <laughs> he said, unless that crust is coming off, you won't see me suit up. <laughs> <laughs> what a meme. It, oh, man. Yeah, it is just amazing. I feel I was talking to Peter about it at the game and it just I feel like you knew I think you knew for a long time that A B was a little bit of a diva, had an ego, and he'd like show it off a little bit here or there, mostly you didn't really hear about it much in the regular season. I don't know if that was just a like national news thing. I would ask a Steelers fan, but come on, who's going to talk to a Steelers fan on a Ravens podcast? Get out of here. But like <laughs> the last year or so, you just hear all these crazy reports from AB. It's just insane. It's like this guy is like just literally just started going insane. It's just amazing how like how much this has imploded. It's just fascinating. The other thing that's absolutely blowing my mind is the reports today that Dak Prescott, who's like quarterback 18, you know, like <laughs> middle of the road, honestly, nothing particularly fantastic, was offered $30 million a year in a contract, and he said no, he wants $40 million. $40 million! <laughs> I don't know which of these stories is more absurd. Maybe this is uh, Dak's uh, Flacco moment. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, as far as Ravens fans, probably the AB one, because, I mean, this is pretty much the same storyline we had six, seven years ago with Joe. Yeah. Well, that that was the start of the of the elite memes, was because everyone outside of the Baltimore Ravens world was was completely ripping Joe for because c- he, he turned down the contract and went on that radio show where he said that every time he steps on the field, he, he feels like he's the best quarterback in the NFL. That's right. So, yeah, I think this is, as Ravens fans, we really can't poke too much fun out of this because uh, we did get a Super Bowl out of this type of brashness from a quarterback who I would say is probably basically on Prescott's level. So Right. I mean, the only difference really is that, uh, I mean, Joe made the playoffs every single year before then and made two AFC championship games, twenty, you know, 2008 and 2011, so... Dak hasn't done that yet, but, you know. That is fair, yeah. But you're mostly right. Yeah, I was reading today, I was reading some evaluations of players, and they were saying about Joe Flacco, like, if he didn't have that out-of-his-mind performance in 2012 when we won the Super Bowl, there's a really good chance he's not even in the NFL anymore. But instead, he's actually really highly paid, and, like, now he's starting for the the Broncos. So it's kind of wild how that all occurred. I think Joe and uh, DaCosta are... Must have been playing at the same poker table, you know? They really know how to play their cards. <laughs> so I guess now we have to look forward to the game on Thursday night against the Packers. So what kind of things are we looking for 
for me personally, I'm excited to hopefully see a few plays from Hollywood Brown. Get maybe him and Boykin on the field at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm anxious to see Hollywood Brown in action as well. I I would actually be happy to to not see him until the third game. I want to want to see him just completely just rest up, be completely fresh for the season coming off that injury. Now, I think that the Ravens the Ravens had the rehab timeline laid out for him the moment they drafted him. So if he plays, that means, I mean, that was well thought out by them. So Ravens fans, I don't think should, should worry about that when he does finally see the field, I think he'll be ready. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Hollywood next game, but I certainly won't be disappointed just because we don't want to repeat a Perryman. We want this guy to actually play at least half the games this season. So once again, back to rule number one of preseason, no one gets hurt. That's right. I'm also definitely looking forward to seeing the pass rush situation continue to fight. I saw an interview today that Pernell McPhee was saying he's not really trying to start. He just wants to contribute and help out the younger guys um, and try to win that Super Bowl. So he seems to be really excited about Sack Daddy, Jalen Ferguson. He said he's starting to put it all together. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. You have a bunch of pieces there. It's entirely possible that what we saw on Thursday is actually not just because they're playing second, third team. We might have some significant depth at the position uh, and some up-and-coming stars. How about those sacks to set up that interception? Man, back-to-back, Shane Ray, Williams, Ricard. It's an easy play by Cyrus Jones. Just good drive, good drive. Yeah, absolutely. I think going into this season, we, the Ravens fans, we feel collectively, I think most fans feel most confident about the secondary as far as all the positional groups that the Ravens have. Pass rush has had a lot of turnover. Terrell Suggs and Sidarius Smith are gone, like we've said before. It's not like Ravens fans felt super great going into the season before this previous one because we really haven't found a replacement to Elvis Dumerville, really. Uh, Although Matt Judon uh, continues to progress and make steps to be that replacement. So yeah, I mean, the pass rush was one of the most pleasant surprises from this past preseason game. And just seeing the, them improving on the, this last game, we don't really know how strong teams are until the regular season, but I think the Packers are a much stronger team than the Jaguars. So seeing the the pass rush improve against a better proponent uh, will be something we're definitely looking for. Chris, what are you looking forward to? Um... Yeah, for me, I mean, I definitely want to see some more people separate out on the uh, offensive line. Uh, I know Illuminor had kind of a rough start this week. Definitely Ben Powers, I think, was graded pretty highly by uh, a couple people in some articles I had read. So I definitely want to see what happens What happens there. I mean, also you want to look at right guard too, because even though Yonda will prob- you know, definitely be starting week one, you want to see who uh, the depth guy is behind him. Uh, I mean, right now it could be Hurst or, you know, someone else maybe. I think for the most part, we're seeing some good stuff from Stanley and, you know, Orlando Brown. So the tackles are pretty good, but it's the definitely the interior. There's still some question marks that, you know, need to be answered. Yeah, I mean, other than that, though, I mean, you you know, you guys have basically said it. I mean, the pass rush, yeah, definitely to see, you know, who takes the, the next step there. I mean, we saw some good plays from Williams, a couple from Ferguson. Shane Ray was there a little bit, you know, more of that. Secondary, I think, is good. 
Really, the only question is uh, depth guys, who's going to play behind him. Uh, although I will say, at least from the stuff that I had seen from Elliott, I definitely want to see some improvement from our boy, Deshaun Elliott, because uh, I thought he was a little rough this game. He had a couple missed tackles, didn't wrap up as well as I would have liked. So, you know, a, a bounce back game from him would definitely be nice too. So we've gone all this time and barely really touched the the guy who's got the biggest spotlight on him coming into this season, um, our boy Lamar Jackson. I think going into this game, like we said at the very top of the show, definitely showed some improvement from the previous season from his mechanics. Would like to see him be a little more accurate in this upcoming game. He had that really good pass to Chris Moore on the rollout, um, well-executed pass to Willie Sneed on the touchdown. There are a couple other plays in in Thursday's game, notably the pass to Seth Roberts. They got called for pass interference and uh, the rollout to Hayden Hurst where he, he overthrew him on a simple short pass that, you know, that we're still going to see this from, from Lamar. He's only going to be in his second year. He's still improving, but just always looking for consistent improvement from Lamar will be another thing we're looking at in this upcoming game. You definitely want to see him complete the easy stuff and, and things like that. As far as the offense goes, I don't really weigh much of it because in the preseason, they're always being as vanilla as possible. And that's by design. We're not going to see this quote unquote revolutionary new offense. That's going to, you know, change the game of football until week one right like none of that's happening in the preseason absolutely they're trying to keep as much of that under wraps as possible you don't want game film of that coming out too early so on that note yeah i think that's uh our thoughts on the this first preseason game of 2019 a lot of positives as we noted but also it's the first preseason game so hard to, to know how much weight to give it but yeah, looking forward to a couple days from now. We've got preseason game number two against the Packers. Yep, and I just want to mention again, if you have any feedback for us, please reach out at feedback at ravensrecap.com. And it'd be awesome if you could leave a review in the iTunes store or wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us get discovered by other fans just like you. Ha-ha! <laughs>